Greetings, listeners in listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the gateway city to our country's current cultural fabric and lives. In studio, we have Amelia Bond. She's CEO of the St. Louis Community Foundation, and Kristen Sorth, who's director and CEO of St. Louis County Library. Welcome, ladies, to St. Louis in Tune. Thank you for having us. The, the focus of our conversation is something that is familiar and, I would say, is foreign to listeners. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frame this in this way. It's a problem that is not only in St. Louis, it's national, but it's a problem that I think is exacerbated in St. Louis because we're all pretty familiar with the Del Mar Divide, where north of Del Mar, there's less economic opportunity, the housing stock is less valuable than south of Del Mar. That's the redlining that has taken place for over 100 years here in St. Louis. And that divide and that segregation has led to historic kinds of racial kinds of things within our city, also within governmental kinds of things where businesses presume to locate and decide to locate, environmental kinds of things that happen to uh, that area north of Del Mar. I can go on and on, but it also has presented itself in a unique way, which was brought up by the pandemic, and that's a digital divide. And these two ladies are here to talk about that. And I'm going to ask you, first of all, explain what the digital divide is. How would you define that, Amelia? The digital divide is, quite frankly, it's fairly simple. It's having access to everything digital. And so there are identifying this five components that culminate to and, and um, aggregate as a definition of the dig- digital divide. That would be coverage. Do you have access to, to the internet? Do you have quality coverage? So today we know that the future right now is fiber. Not everybody in our region has fiber. In fact, we only have one provider of internet capabilities in most of our region. Another factor is service. Can you afford the service? Do you have the income? It is a poverty issue of having that affordability. Devices, do you have access to devices? And then do you even know how to use those devices? And so we have found, we commissioned a a study, the St. Louis Community Foundation and the Regional Business Council, and supported by a number of funders, said, let's identify how big is this problem here in St. Louis. And we found over half the households in our entire St. Louis County and St. Louis City region have at least one of these digital divide factors affecting their life. And again, those are coverage, quality, service affordability, device affordability, and digital literacy and mentoring. What was the reason this whole thing came to the surface for you at St. Louis Community Foundation? Obviously, the issue has been evolving over the years as the internet has become more and more critical to our everyday life. But for the St. Louis Community Foundation, when the real impetus was COVID, we at the foundation initiated a fund. We are comprised of over 800 funds for families, individuals, corporations, and also community needs that are created by the foundation. We created the COVID-19 Regional Response Fund, which raised about $7 million, and we were doing grant-making. We convened a group of folks in the community to help us make the highest and best use of those funds raised and meet the needs 
of the those most impacted by COVID as the pandemic was beginning. And one of the folks sitting around the table, well, there were a whole number, but we had seniors represented, we had public school system represented, we had health represented, and constantly access to information and the digital divide kept coming up. And so a little further on as the pandemic, the crisis continued, but yet the needs, immediate needs were taken care of, we decided to commit $100,000 to a study. And that began the fundraising to what has culminated into this report. And those five things were things that were identified through the study? Yes. And those are all of the, those five topics that are part make up the digital divide we heard about as we were doing our grant making through the COVID Regional Response Fund, that seniors were not, they were not capable of getting informed because they didn't know how to use the internet or they didn't have access. Obviously, kids were an enormous part of the concern as we had buses driving around trying to get internet service to kids that couldn't just to have access to go to school. And Kristen can speak to a lot of that. So it was a time that this really elevated this problem. And what we found when we started asking the question of, can we do a study to see how bad is the situation here in St. Louis? We found actually, we're on the cutting edge. We are ahead of the game compared to most, if not all cities in the United States. Wow. Um, The fact that we have this information block by block in St. Louis County and city. So it is a very detailed report that was completed by Ernst & Young and the Center for Civic Research and Innovation. School districts during COVID were scrambling who has a computer or who has something at least to connect, or do you have a, a hot spot or something like that? If you've got four or five kids at home and you've got bandwidth that's being taken, mm-hmm. and maybe you just have a phone, You, it, it's not the most advantageous way to for a student to learn. Many school districts provided Chromebooks or iPads or something like that, but not everybody had that ability right. to do that. And, and turning to you, Kristen, on the county library side, what was that integration with educators, mm-hmm. and how did that come about? And I know you guys had a grant from the government related to that? We did. We received CARES Act funding from St. Louis County, and we, as part of the regional response team, initially did a survey right after we all went into lockdown mode to see how serious the issue was with Chromebooks and devices and hotspots, and it was pretty serious. And the county reached out and said, there's CARES Act money available can you help with the distribution of that? And so we partnered with schools and school districts in St. Louis County, and we distributed about 10,000 hotspots and 6,000 Chromebooks to schools and school districts and families at the very beginning of COVID. And then we went further later to, to address the needs of seniors in our community as well. And we then purchased grand pads, which are devices that are made for seniors to help them connect to their families and to do telehealth. And seniors were incredibly isolated before COVID. Some of them were. And during COVID, it was really becoming a very serious health concern with seniors in our community. Yeah, I found that to be a a fascinating part of the information that I read was these grand pads. And you don't think necessarily about the elderly, or Nicole referred to as, as shut-ins, you think about education, kids, and you think about, oh, health issues, and they're lost in all of that. And I'm, I'm glad that you did something about that. S- speak to a little bit more about that program, because isn't it still ongoing? 
It is. We, the county came back to us and said, some additional CARES Act money, what would you do? And I had been contacted by the Older Adults Commission who said, we love kids too, but what about older adults? And so I started attending their monthly meetings and realized how, just how serious the issue was. So we purchased these 1,500 devices. We distributed them from the library. We actually shut down Lindbergh and some of Highway 40 in the distribution event because (laughs) people were so excited to get these devices. But it really gave people at home the ability to video chat with their families, to send pictures, to talk to their doctors, to look at the internet, to play music, all those things when you're isolated and at home, especially during a pandemic, those things don't happen. And so we had, we heard from seniors who hadn't seen their new grandchildren. Like they've never seen because they don't have devices, they don't have access to the internet. So these devices come loaded with LTE capabilities. So you don't have to have a hotspot. It just, you turn it on and it works. It really is pretty amazing. And there, I should have brought one, but they are, they're perfect for seniors. They have big buttons. You push a button and a person answers the phone. It's usually the same person to help you. The devices themselves really set up to protect the safety, security, privacy of seniors. And that is so important today because there are just a lot of people that are out there praying um, on our seniors. So that's really helpful as well. And then it lets them do research. We put buttons on it about where they could get a COVID vaccine, where they all those kinds of resources more available to them. I was at a, an event and I was speaking at an event and a lady raised her cane in the air and said, I have a grandpad and it completely changed my life. Hmm. And I think there are also people that were afraid to use technology and got a grandpad and then said, here, give this to somebody else. I'm going to go buy a computer. And that too, that's amazing. It's amazing. That's huge. And I've had the most amazing letters and phone calls from individuals who love their grandpad. And we just received some ARPA dollars from the county to renew those subscriptions and then to expand the program to additional seniors in our community. That's great. I was shocked about the coverage for individuals who make a pretty decent living, I'm going to guess family like that. Everybody's got their phone. They got their computer. They might have their little iPad or whatever. But we're talking about the city. We're talking about the North City, North County, and also rural areas around St. Louis County that may not have that opportunity. So how are we going to get some of this fiber internet to all these folks. If you think of history, this is exactly what happened with electricity, right? Mm -hmm. That it took the public and government to say that it's not business's decision of where service is provided. It is a much bigger, we're all entitled to have access Mm -hmm. to the internet. As we're going to telehealth, education, just to have apply for a job, you have to have access to the internet. So I think this is the 21st century version of what we saw with electricity in 100 plus years ago. If you don't have internet access today, it's like walking in a room, you can't turn the light on. I want to mention, because some people might be thinking, everybody's got a phone. What's the big deal here? It's a bigger deal than you really think. 25 to 30 percent of the residents' households in the city of St. Louis do not have a computer. You cannot learn on a cell phone. And imagine that population 
is left, will be, and is being increasingly left behind, faster than probably what we even saw, you know, before, if you didn't have electricity, at least you went out and you could live your life. Right. That's just not the case today. So it is a social imperative for the health and well-being and vibrancy of St. Louis. And if we can get ahead of it, just imagine how else can we give a real shot in the arm to our region than to really take this opportunity. I, I think there's a tremendous opportunity here. We have the data. We have the report. We know where the, the gaps are. We've identified them. And when we first started this project, we didn't know that there would be these hundreds of millions of dollars available for this problem. Right. The various federal laws that have been passed, the money that is coming to the state of Missouri, we want to be sure our region gets its fair share to solve these problems and make a difference. So who are the players that you believe need to be involved in this decision? Those are the next steps. It is going to be a coordinated, collaborative, complex response. Mm -hmm. And we hope that this report is an impetus for people to rally behind and convene and in so different sectors coming together. Part of what we see at the St. Louis Community Foundation as a next step is probably, again, fundraising to identify staff that can bring focus to organizing this response. And what we don't need is 24 different groups trying to wrap their arms around this enormous problem. We need those 24 groups to all come together and and find solutions. And so that involves folks like Kristen, the schools, health, having economic sectors probably really looking a deep dive of how we get all these five factors and deal with them in an integrated way. Has there been a summit of all of these players? All of, I, don't, I don't know, stakeholders. I hate to even use that. It's so overused. We're, this is phase one. This is the first big step to hopefully, I like the word summit. What kinds of obstacles do you see in the way from this report to fruition? Now, that's a long step because this is not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in no. one year, two years, maybe 10 years. And I know you both got a nice smile on your faces, so maybe you've already identified or seen some pushback. But what do you think? I don't know that we've, I don't think we've seen pushback. I think that the first thing we need to do is have people read the report. Because Good I, point. to your point, People often say everybody has a phone. You can't apply for a job on a phone and you can't write a paper on a phone. And all those things fall into that. So I think it's important for people to understand exactly what we're saying and especially the education piece because it really drills down by school district. And I think that's really interesting as well. But I also think that everybody has to check their egos at the door and realize that we're trying to do this for the region. Great point. And to also say that rural and urban have very similar problems and that this is a state of Missouri problem. It's not just a rural Missouri problem and that our region has data that support the needs that we have here. And so we need to get it out there and tell people to look at it and to really think about what it means to an individual family on a day-to-day basis to not be able to do things like file their taxes or write a paper, apply for a job, or even to watch Netflix. I, I understand this is definitely an education issue and a basic needs issue, but we all deserve to do the things that the internet provides to us and some of that is like researching what you know what we want where we want 
to go for dinner. Downloading and, an ebook from the library. Right. All that watching a virtual program from the library. We switched over virtually during COVID because we had to. And then how ironic that we had people who could really have used watching those virtual programs couldn't access them. So definitely. That's just, and I think that everybody's ready. Like they're really ready to have this conversation. And now we've got this amazing report. You brought up something that I thought was very interesting, that this is an urban and rural problem, or urban, suburban, rural problem. Many times the legislature likes to separate those two because it does whatever it does for their constituents. Has there been any kind of connection with the state legislature, i.e. the Senate and the House, and or representatives in the St. Louis area? Or how knowledgeable are the Kansas City folks of this report? Dave Leipoltz, who I believe you're speaking with in a future program, who co-authored and, and actually works at the St. Louis Community Foundation, he has been in contact. That's what we need, is a focused team that are going out and, and communicating what's in the report and also helping to essentially have that summit, have the right people around the table to say, what are the next steps? That is all in all what we see is future steps and, and phases. But Kristen mentioned seeing the report. There's a great summary available of the report. You can get as nitty-gritty and detailed as you want, but the summary can be found on stldigitaldivide.com. There's, there's a summary report called the Digital Divide Study and Findings, and then there's a summary report for K-12 through education. Correct. And then there's the complete reports, which gets into a lot of details. And next week, we're going to have the author of the report on, and he's going to discuss some of the nitty-gritty about that. We are talking to Kristen Sorth. She's director and CEO of the St. Louis County Library, and Amelia Bond, who's CEO of the St. Louis Community Foundation. And we're talking about a di- digital divide and a report that was done recently to give information about technology in the metropolitan area. And I'm going to define this digital divide. It has five key components, and any one of these can prevent an individual or family from having adequate connectivity to the Internet. And you might say, why why does everybody need connectivity? We're going to answer that question in a moment. Coverage, does infrastructure exist to provide high-speed broadband technology in your area? Quality, is the connection fast and reliable enough to engage in virtual learning or telemedicine? Three, service affordability, can households afford quality high-speed broadband service? Device affordability, can households afford the devices they need? And lastly, digital literacy and mentoring, do residents have the skills and or support necessary to utilize the technology? Do we have the will in this community and in this state to do something for everybody. Even if people who have all of these things covered, do they have the will and the desire to help people who don't have any of them? When half of St. Louis County and city are impacted by one of these factors, that's an enormous population that this is a problem for a majority of our region. And as St. Louis has struggled to advance at the same rate as our what I often call sister cities, I think this is it this is a gimme if we fix it. Great point. When we first undertook this study about 18 months 2 years ago and started it, the thought was, boy, where are we going to find the money? Yeah, it's great to have this information, but we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, so for the report says 200 to 300 million is needed to improve our infrastructure. We need about 45 to 50 million to help those who can't afford devices or can't afford the service. And then another 20 to 30 million for education. Those are big numbers. 
but the money is there now because of all the federal funds that are becoming flowing into the state of Missouri. So we have an op- a unique once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to solve this problem. Amelia, what should people do? First of all, they should go to sdldigitaldivide.org and read the summaries or read the report. And then what should they do? We need momentum. Mm-hmm. We need momentum and it to be part of a conversation and connecting with your groups, connecting with the libraries, connecting mm-hmm. with our higher ed institutions, connecting, whatever your connectivity is. Mm-hmm. This is a community-wide issue, and mm-hmm. so we need to elevate it. We need, quite frankly, to put pressure on the Internet providers. Mm-hmm. We need to put pressure on government to, to say, this is where the money needs to be invested. This report is a first phase. We don't know where this path is going to lead us. We just know that we've got to stay focused and we've got to put good people on it. And we're very fortunate to have very tech-savvy people in our region. When you think of all the, the businesses that are use the internet, use digital, the digital world every day. Kristen, there's always been an emphasis, education can do this. The kids, let's teach them that stuff, and we'll figure the rest of it out, and they can go home and teach everybody else. Why is that a, what I'm going to call a failed strategy? It's a failed strategy because families are busy. They have things that take their time from grocery shopping, multiple jobs. People are busy, and so we can't keep expecting the kids to educate everybody and to say, they know how to use screens. They're fine. That's not okay. And libraries in general have been educating and assisting with digital literacy for decades. We've had public computers. We've had free Wi-Fi. We've had, we have computer labs. We have computer lab trainers. We have all this kind, these resources that people have been using for years, and we just keep educating people. So I think what we see is that it's not really the kids coming in, it's the adults. And I have a son. It's hard for parents to teach. Like, sometimes I am so happy that somebody else is teaching him because he doesn't listen to me. Same way. It's not a kid's responsibility to teach their parents, and sometimes their parents don't listen to them either. It needs to be another organization that can come in, a trusted organization that can teach adults. There's a different way to teach adults to use digital resources. Absolutely. Libraries have been, my words, ignored in the last 15 years because of technology and the internet. And I'll just, you know, Google it and there's my answer. I don't need to go to the library and use the card catalog as we all used. Are libraries morphing into more of a community center now and what they are offering? Because I know there's a county library up north that also has a food bus come around and stays there for community members to go actual shopping with some wonderful healthy groceries. I think libraries are definitely centers of community and I think what we're excellent at is understanding what our patrons need Mm -hmm. and then adapting and changing as time goes. And so we're always on the forefront. A patron came in and asked for this, let's try and figure it out. And so when there are places that maybe have failed individuals, libraries are always there to pick it up. And we're centrally located. Most community has a library in it, especially in this region. We have insanely amazing library districts from St. Charles to the county to the city and then all of the municipal libraries in between. So there's a library everywhere. It's a safe place. It's a level setter. You come in and you ask for help at the library and you get it. So I I think that especially during COVID, we really stepped up and offered 
meals and diapers and period supplies and we boosted our Wi-Fi on our parking lots so that people could come and park on the parking lots and do write papers. Not that's great that you had to be on a parking lot, but at least it was an option. So I do think that it's been evolving that way and it's going to continue to evolve. Like we just started offering notary services at our libraries. Where else do you, if you don't, where do you get documents notarized? Now you can come to the library and do it. So I think that it's just a place where if people don't know what to do, they come and ask the question. When you think about half of the households in St. Louis City and County are affected by at least one aspect of this. I know I'm, I'm having you get your crystal ball out and put it on the desk here. And you're not the only one that's going to be making this decision. How do you envision those funds and this dispersal of broadband and services being delivered? What's going to be the thought process or what would you recommend be a thought process in the dispersal of some of these funds and when they're given out, where they're given out first? A couple thoughts. First, all of the the funding is going to the state, Jeff City. So we've got to get first our proportionate share of that funding. To get that proportionate share, we feel this study is very important to making that argument because we know exactly where the need is. That's the beauty of this report. By block, we can graphically drill down to where are the needs in our St. Louis County, St. Louis City region. First argument is, again, this report makes a difference. And then for the money coming to the county and to the city and to other providers, again, this report provides the data that will make it clear of how can we be the most efficient and effective. So we hope that it's the tool that starts informed conversations to make the best decisions. We've got to get the right people around the table. And that'll be, many people know that answer way more than I do, but I hope that we can provide a structure um, and a conversation instead of disparate, again, instead of having 24 conversations, let's come together and have one. We have a chance to be a national leader in digital equity. When has St. Louis had a chance to be a national leader? The money is here, we have the information, and, and so to your earlier question, do we have the will? I think if, if you read the report and you start saying, this is something we can make a difference and solve. But the funding is here and coming, and so we need to stay ahead of the curve. We've got the data analytics now. We, there's funding. If we want to invest in infrastructure, get some affordable devices. Are we talking about computers, or what's the thought on that? I think devices, computers, and being able to access the internet is important, but I don't think hotspots are what we all want to be talking about a couple years from now. I think we need to talk about long-term solutions that make it more of a utility, like Amelia said. Fiber is a discussion that's happening right now, but what comes after fiber? I think we have to talk about what makes the community whole in terms of digital equity for the long-term. And Hotspots are fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, they are not a long-term solution. No, it's, not. <laughs> it's a it's a band-aid a that point. is frankly not always easy. It's not super intuitive to use a hotspot. And also, to your point earlier, if you have a family of five, one hotspot is not going to do it for right. you. Right. So we need some coordination and investment from local leaders because there's been some unprecedented federal funding and uh, some. Let's get some coordination with uh, civic business and philanthropic leaders. 
who are some of the groups that need to get together? Who are some of the civic, business, and philanthropic leaders who need to get together to make some of these decisions for St. Louis to lobby Jeff City for our share? Of the- I think those are the conversations that are happening now, Is and that's what this the release of the report is driving that conversation. Who are the digital experts that can help us formulate a plan, and who are the people that need to come around the table to, to drive that forward? I do think that with focus, anything can be accomplished, but you've got to have people focusing on it day to day. And so we believe the next immediate step is just having a team of raising the funds to have a a handful to develop the plan and work with all the groups. I want to give you both a time to make a closing statement, a a closing plea, uh, (laughs) a, a closing summary of where your heart is with this. What are some takeaways that people need to remember and then maybe a point at which some action needs to happen. And we'll start with you. I think I mentioned before that I think that this isn't just a handful of people's issue. It's everybody's issue. And we should all care about our neighbors and the people that live in our community who don't have the same access to, frankly, a a utility that the rest of us do and so that we should care about it. And then I think that it's important for people to know that the libraries are here and out there in the community and that we're, we're open and inviting people back in and that we do have we have Chromebook hotspot bundles that you can check out most most public libraries do we have public computers inside we have people that will help we have free Wi-Fi all of those things that can help in the interim but we do have to all get around the table and talk about what's holding our region back this is holding our region back and it's going to keep holding us back until we all get together and say, hey, we're going in this as a joint effort to make St. Louis a better place for people to live. Amelia? I just think we have an incredible opportunity right now that this topic has existed for a long time. It's been, the can has been kicked down the path and because the price tag was big and there's a lot of needs here in the region, but this is one we can solve. And because of this unique moment in time, thank, you know, covid this is a way to change a systemic problem because of funding coming as a result of COVID. So I just think the stars are aligned. Why not jump on this bandwagon? Because we could be a national leader in digital. Wonderful points by both of you. And I want to encourage folks to go to stldigitaldivide.org. And when we post this on the podcast, I will put links to that, that you can uh, take a look at those things. also want to encourage you to go to the St. Louis County Library website and check out what they've got going on. also encourage you to go to St. Louis Community Foundation. They have Give STL Day coming up and a very important day in St. Louis. Be informed about this. Get educated about it so you can talk to your friends, so you can talk to the contacts that you have and get the information out. Ladies, thanks very much for coming in to talk about this important issue. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Why don't you do a commercial for STL Give Day? Oh, love to. Give STL Day is May 5th. Actually, early giving has begun. So get online and go to givestlday.org. Givestlday.org. It's a 24-hour online day of giving. Last year, we raised $4.5 million. And over the, this is our eighth year. Over those eight years, we've raised over 21-ish million. 
And so about a thousand nonprofits each year participate. And I, I think the libraries even participate. It's just turned out to be a wonderful day. And it's uh, put on by the St. Louis Community Foundation each year. And we had about, I think, 20,000 to 30,000 individual donors on the day go online. What I've said over the years is pick organizations, but pick a couple you don't know. It's $10 or more, and it's learn about the nonprofits and the great work being done here in our region. It's just amazing of all that gets done. And, and this has become, particularly during COVID, uh, an right. incredibly important way of fundraising for the nonprofits who, you know, couldn't do the traditional methods of fundraising. And so thank goodness we had Give SDLD in place and nonprofits were able to utilize the platform. You'd be surprised if St. Louis didn't have the nonprofits that are working within the metropolitan area, what kind of problems we would have. And we really try to highlight them here on the show and, and have them on because there's some great work being done for women and children and those who are coming out of being incarcerated. Just a lot of good work out there that's helping people. We are glad you decided to listen to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. We know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we are glad that you have chosen to listen to us. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.